Welcome back, listeners, to another episode of Murphy's Roll. This is Reaper. And Nian's actually here this time. <laughs> Finally, came back, and this is Bonecrush Destroyer of our Earthquake the Juggernaut. And today we got another character spotlight for you, this time over Nian himself. Yeah, given how a Biscrip is, I've actually been struggling how I should start off, so I'll go with the where a Biscrip, the character in the character's mind, comes from. So... Abyss Grip's real name is not obviously Abyss Grip. That is a little too crazy. His real name is actually Gareth. He was a general in the Durakon Empire when a demon attacked. It was a massive siege. They held out for days. They did not see any way of actually winning. Gareth got together with the king, all the other generals that remain. They had one last-ditch effort. They were going to just charge in and try to kill the demon by the name of Zazgir. Yeah, I'm saying that right. They did one final prayer. And at the end of the prayer, there was a blinding light that filled the entire room. When it finally dissipated, there was a suit of white and gold armor. Everybody's just baffled where it came from. And it began to speak. It was telling them that Zazgir had waged war against the heavens, decimating all the other angels. He was the only one left, and he was here to give them aid and hopefully stop him. He gave them a ritual where they would have to bless the arrow that he handed them. It looked like it was made of pure light. Abyss Grip, well, Gareth at the time, did the ritual, fired the arrow, and binded Zazgir's soul within his own body. And the fiends, demons, everything, they just fled because they're this super powerful demon just dissipated with one arrow. So he spends about 500 years trying to keep this demon at bay. Doing that, he had to make sure he stayed alive because if he died, the demon was released. He was struggling. Jebedal, the angel that had came to aid him, well, he had pretty much said, hey, I'll help you perform the ritual with me, and is stored inside of Gareth's body, giving him internal youth. He could still die, but he just won't die of old age. That's uh, about all that Abyss Grip knows of himself. So, coming from Abyss Grip, his true identity, Tabulir, he was born to a human mother and an elf father. He was given an elvish name from his father, Grew up in a town with all the races. He didn't actually experience the racism most half-elves deal with. Humans see a half-elf, they see the elvish in them. And elves, they see the human in them, which is inferior to elves, because they're pretty egotistical. So he had a passion for writing as a young kid. Growing up, he just wrote, wrote, and wrote. After his second child was born, he finally got one of his books published. It was not well received with the critics. If you were to just read the lines, they didn't know who was who because they all pretty much was the same type of character. So he picked up acting in a local theater. That way he could get in the mindset of each character and write them better. He finally released another book that was received better by most people. And he was in the process of writing his third novel, Arriving at the Void. When he came home, from a practice to see his children just on the ground, blood everywhere, bodies ripped apart, and this small little quagliar demon, I think is what they're called. Quagsy. Quagsy, yes. And it was currently feasting on his wife. He let out a yell as he just charged this thing, slipped in the blood, 
And it just taunted him as it just vanished from his sight. And he struggled to get to his feet as it was laughing. Then he grabs his unfinished book, writes in an empty page near the end. I was but a simple actor slash story writer until that fiend showed up. He has slaughtered my wife and children when I was away. Feasting on their bodies as I came home. That was some 15 years ago. My real name long forgotten by now. Only thing that matters is I track down this fiend and kill him. In my journey of revenge, I've done things my former self would be proud of, as well as things he would have been ashamed of. There's only one thing I'm focused on, my survival till he meets his end. From there, I care not what happens to me. So, Talburn slash Abyscrip, he has dislocative identity disorder, which is multiple personalities caused from PTSD of this tragic event. Which explains the Gareth part. Yes. Gareth was the character from the book arriving at the void. And then since that was pretty much on his mind all the time, since he's in the process of writing this book, that's what manifested as his new personality. So that means if you die, we don't have to worry about a demon like popping out of your... No, no. Okay. Yeah, that's all. that that part's all in his mind. (laughs) I was very concerned for a second. I was like, all right, so that means stays ready, cannot die, because if he does, we're going to have to deal with a giant demon popping out of his body. Yeah, uh, Zazgir, I I had given him a race of a pit lord, and those things are actually pretty nasty. It's a high-level demon, well, fiend. Yeah, pit fiends, I, I thought pit fiends are devils. They might be. But it's along the same general idea, though. Okay. So you're not entirely set on which could be, so I can interchange them, if uh, well, need be? If you want to throw in a pet lord that decides to have that name, it's <laughs> going to cause confusion with the Biscrip, because he'll just, like, but sword arm hungers. That's the reason his bloodlust that he has to fight is because of Zadskir, and he'll just, like, what's going on? Uh, he's... Still in me because he has a tattoo on his right arm of a tribal dragon, which represents Zazgir, and Jebedal is a tribal tiger. Kind of like a yin and yang thing. This is his theme. That's where he gets the right of the do- dead, which is the narcotic, and right of the dawn, which is radiant, to play in both of those. And as a blood hunter, they typically track things like fey, undead, and fiends. So Abyss Grip focus mostly on fiends because he believes he has this powerful demon inside of him and any fiend he comes across he believes that they're there to kill him to free Zazgir which is why he was hell-bent on tracking down those succubus okay that's an interesting backstory I mean you told it to me but I, I don't think it processed as clearly as it did this time well the most of the backstory I'd given you is kind of like an outline sat down was like everything was in my head that was just an outline and just filled in more of the gaps so that's your surprisingly big backstory yeah uh, shit got dark quick <laughs> right it's like no you want you come home to a family that's been murdered by a demon and no you just suddenly have ptsd and to the point that you come up with this whole new character from your book and like and you like he doesn't even resonate like clearly that like you that you are like living this character out now. Honestly, I haven't really looked into multiple personality disorder to know if they're aware of the other personalities or not. The only thing I've seen of it was me, myself, and Irene. But that's a movie for entertainment, so I don't know how accurate that is. 
well, as somebody who studied a lot of dissociative identity disorder, um, it kind of varies. So there's multiple different there's, there's multiple different you know ways that it can happen. Sometimes the other personalities are aware of each other. More often than not, they are aware of the old, the other personalities. There could be more that they don't know about. Um, but usually one maintains the core, you know, control of the body or control of the mind, while certain things can trigger the others to come out and, you know, basically come out and affect things uh, from light, sounds, music, um, emotions. Things, yeah, emotions can like, help come out and trigger those other emotions that come out. Yeah, such as in, uh, in me, myself, and Irene, you know, it was anger that you know, brought out his more violent personality. Yeah, so that's also one thing Abisker can't... He can't bring direct harm to a child. Like when that kid that ran up and he just stared him in the eyes, like, nope, you're not a demon, then sold him out. That's part of Talbron. He was a father. He had children that were just murdered, so he can't just go around killing kids. Well, what of... Um... Because of the multiple personality disorder, like, like, what would you say would be a trigger to make Abyss Group revert, like, it, like, uh, like, it'll clear up this idea that he's this character now? Because you said, as of right now, he is the character that has, you know, the demon on one side and the angel on the other. Like, what would, ha what would have to happen to make him realize that, holy shit, this isn't real? Probably first thing that comes to mind is him killing, finding that demon and killing it then like the rush of memories would like oh i'm not really this guy i'm really uh some simpleton but i don't i didn't really think about that too much i've thought about because i go down a lot maybe of doing a dice roll to like does he remember who he is once he gets back up yeah like i mean i, I would like like a physical trauma i'm looking at because um, at this point it doesn't necessarily fall into the line of uh, dissociative identity disorder did it falls. I mean, yeah, like more of a PTSD thing, like a like a. I can't even know. I don't can't remember the exact terminology, but um, while DID could be triggered by trauma, you know, and that's usually the more trauma, the different types of trauma triggers different types of personalities to handle different situations better. What he's going through, since he doesn't really revert back, like it's not really like a something for him to revert back or switch between personalities. It's more of a you know he had an alter it's a little different. It's a little different. I can't remember exactly what the exact phrasing, what the exact term is for it, but it is a little bit different from DID. From this, I mean, it, like, yeah, it, it can fall like a subcategory, but it's a little bit different from multi-personality disorder. I was going to say, you know, it's not so much DID, but he was just driven mad by the experience. Yeah. And now that, that insanity has caused him to, like, I have to be someone better to get my revenge. So he's emulating his character because he knows his character is powerful. That could be a possibility so like whenever i researched i was like okay he has something yeah. i don't know what it is and that was the closest to it that i could find definitely has a mental you know a, a mental trauble though from the experience you know like, losing your wife and your kids uh, in front of you that, that's definitely a huge mental trauma <laughs> yeah and like if i had to say like would you be all right with him reverting back to a normal person like his normal person oh i've actually thought about it the whole sword arm hungers came from inspiration which is a funny story because i didn't put the two things together when i first thought of it character from fire emblem awakening owen he plays up like oh i have this great power inside of me and says stuff like sword arm hungers actually i believe that was the line that he used so that was the starting point for 
a Biscrip side of the character with the whole sword arm hungers. The character is the nephew of Krom, whose English voice actor is Matt Mincer, who also created this class of Bloodhunter. Oh, interesting. Yeah, after I sat down and thought about it, I was like, wait a minute, there's a connection to those two. And uh, as far as the class goes, Bloodhunters, obviously, like I said, they focus on things like undead, fey, fiends, a lot of their stuff. If I was to use... Let's say my blood maldrit, the one I had taken was the Curse of the Eyeless, which causes disadvantage. I roll my Crimson Right Damage die to deal that much damage to me, and it makes it for two attacks versus one. But whatever he's fighting has to have blood, so and it has to be a weapon. So he can't go, oh, that caster, disadvantage. It just doesn't work like that. Because that'd be too good. <laughs> a little too good. Then to activate his right he actually has to deal whatever is the maximum damage for his crimson right to himself and it also lowers his um, max hp temporarily until he ends it by choice or the weapon leaves his hand oh yeah and another little side note i've actually made well gave names and races to his wife and children his wife is seen which is a half fork don't look at me like that so a half-elf and a half-orc had children together, so... Because when, of a half-human, a quarter-orc, and a quarter-elf? That's how genetics yeah. works. <laughs> yeah, so they're kind of different as well. But his son, Arlen, gave him a name from his elvish heritage. And their daughter, Dosh, has her name from the orcish heritage. Because fiends include both devils and demons, so if you were to interact with either of them, you, like, you would probably pick up on that whole blind fury thing, right? If you sensed, like, no, uh, the presence of a fiend, you're just like, oh, no, oh, I, I, I gotta go, we gotta go, we gotta we gotta kill this thing right now as I crack my knuckles. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of how it was when he saw that succubi flying away, he went, she had a friend, more likely your friend's one of them, I want them dead. Essentially, he became a blood hunter because he believes that he has a demon inside of him, and the others want to free him. So his mindset is the hunted just become the hunter. Flipping on him on a dime. Essentially, yeah. All right. So one thing we forgot to mention that I really found hilarious last session was your brood off with Shaw. Yeah. Like, I made a biscuit to be just be edgy and saw somebody brooding. He wasn't going to have that. He had to be the best brooder in the party. So he saw Shaw brooding and became just brooding really hard. We were actually rolling just straight D20s who could brood harder. And you won. Um, I actually kept track, kind of like how Kai keeps track of him and Aki. If I could find my page with that note. Um, Abyss Grip won twice to Shaw's once. So... Wait, hold on. In which order? Like, I know you won the first the first hour of brooding, but what about hour two and three? And went me, Shaw, then me. Okay. I ended on the high note. Gotcha. <laughs> so you two were brooding because Shaw was brooding because he doesn't like his wild magic surging and he was upset about it. Oh, this is after Nadiza, actually. This is after the Nadiza, back when they were still in the town of Arum. And no, uh, Shaw was just brooding. And Briskips was like, you can't brood harder than me. Just sits down, just brood, and yeah. like you, like 
if I, I wish I had said this in in game, which would have been funny. Like you see, you just see like a visible black cloud just kind of form above these two as they're brooding, and like the little lightning bolt eyes hitting and just clashing. <laughs> like honestly, if even if I was a wild mage and I don't like my magic backfiring, I got turned into a fucking dragon. <laughs> I'm gonna be like, dude, you remember that time I was a dragon? I don't <laughs> care my spell just went off wrong. I was a fucking dragon. Yeah, but you and Shaw's player are a bit different. Well, I think it would be more of the character than the player. Because, let's be honest, Shaw was like, dude, I'm a fucking dragon. Yeah, The okay. player, not yeah. the character. He was so excited when he got those roles. Like, he's asked me, because you guys are doing something, and I'm sitting next to him, he's like, the save is this, and I rolled the same. What does that mean? I was like, if it meets or exceeds, you succeed. He's like, oh, good. I'm not going to turn it into a sheep rolls. And he's like, oh, my God. He was excited. So. Yeah. But going back to Abyss Grip with his mental condition, he actually likes both Aki and Kai. Even though he doesn't really show it too much, he gets along with them. Because he feels he understands them because of their whole... Two souls, one body. He thinks, oh, I've got two extra souls in my body. We're kind of alike. Yeah, this was actually pretty cool with everybody in the party. Yeah, except for Lowey. Uh, let's be real. You're sitting there. You see one of your homeboys getting attacked by a dog. And you show up to jump it with them. And somebody you thought was your partner showed up. And you're like, what the fuck? I'm, I'm hurting. He, I wouldn't say he hates her. He just doesn't trust her. I, I don't... <laughs> I think the only one who actually kind of trusts Alawi is Birthbringer. <laughs> well, I mean, Birthbringer, first of all, nothing negative that has happened to Birthbringer yet from Alawi. Uh, he's luckily managed to, uh, you know, avoid all that. But, um, I mean, the only person Birthbringer really has a problem with in the party is Goatball, <laughs> Aki. Uh, you know, he, uh, Birthbringer really trusts, uh, you know, stays ready, aka Bitscript. I mean, it's just because it, it just seems like they kind of align. You know, Abyss Grip is there to hunt fiends, demons, stuff like that. You know, he's, he's had the problems with them. And I mean, we've run into quite a few of those. And Birthbringer's like, whooping the ass. Like, that's, that's what he's about. And at the same time, like, Abyss Grip has been right there, like, whooping the ass, let's do it. <laughs> so. Essentially, that's why he gets along with Birthbringer. He sees this is a strong ally. He could help me meet my goals. So, okay. I mean, he probably. Bisker probably wouldn't be too happy, you know, to know that Birdbringer has been, like, cool with the Shadow Man, but Bisker never met the Shadow Man. So, I mean, really, a lot of the stuff with that situation, he wasn't really, he wasn't really aware of. So, I mean, other than that, yeah, they, they, they've just been, you know, it's funny because it seems like Birdbringer and Abyss Grip is just like, you know, we're ready to just, just fuck somebody up. Comes down to the demons, we're ready to fuck this shit up. Let's go. But then with the Lowey, it's like, you know, allow he's just partner in crime of doing stuff that we shouldn't be doing. <laughs> it's really what it is. And then with uh, Kai, it's kind of like, you know, we can actually think things out. And we can actually plan and everything like that. But going back to Lowey, he while he doesn't trust her, she talks a lot of shit. And one of Abyscript's personality traits, he loves a good insult, even if it's directed towards him. Alawi's dishing out insults, so he's got to give her respect for that. How does the business group feel about Shaw? I feel like Shaw has the least amount of interaction with anybody. Realistically, yeah. He 
sees him as a powerful ally, but as a person, there's no real connection between the two because Shaw just keeps to himself mostly. It's Kai that's the glue to this party's makeup because there's always some kind of infighting between Goat Ball and Birthbringer, and Kai's there to kind of try to settle it the best he can inside of Aki's mind. And he's just cool with everybody. Like when after the big bandit fight, Alawi went to Kai and Kai brought Abyss Grip and was it Birthbringer? Because I know it was Abyss Grip and somebody else. I just can't remember who. Yeah, I don't think it was Shaw. So yeah, it might have been Birthbringer. Yeah, because Alawi was actually legit scared. Like, is Abyss Grip going to kill me in my sleep or something? So Kai was talking to Abyss Grip, like, hey, can you use a bow or something where you're not charging in right away. And Abyss Grip's mindset of, if I have one free hand, Zazgir could use that to just kill somebody, an innocent person. So if he's using this two-handed sword, he has aid through Jabadol to kind of suppress that blood or bloodthirst. Oh. You know, I think I thought it was something like that. Um, but hearing you fully explain it, that's, that's, yeah, that's cool. But again, this is all just his insanity talking. <laughs> I mean, it, it is. It definitely is. Which, um, like, it really does make you wonder, like, like when Abyss Crypt does come to his senses, what is he going to do? Look, we're struggling enough as it is. Don't get any bright ideas. <laughs> well, no, like, I had actually thought of that. Kind of like the inspiration for the whole Sword Arm Hungers. Owen, eventually in, like, a side DLC map, he's like... I'm a normal person. There's nothing special about me. I'm putting on an act. So my thing is what I thought about Abyss Grip. If he ever remembers who he is fully, he is still going to be the same old Abyss Grip. Since he spent time in theater, he could he has a general idea of how to portray a character. So he'll keep that same character. But to himself, he'll know that Abyss Grip's not real. Okay. Once again, we are struggling enough to not make any choices that Don't. might cause us to struggle any more than we already are. Listen, yeah. just because I'm scheming over here doesn't mean anything. Like, um, the whole, after I kill this specific demon that Abyss Grip is hunting, that actually comes from his true self. So I guess he kind of has a little bit of memory of his true identity. He just doesn't realize it. He suppresses it. Yeah, it was a traumatic situation. So in his mind, the best way to repress that memory is become somebody else. All right. So what what other very notable moments did a biscuit have? The moment that Naraya saw him in the bar. Like whenever I re-rolled my character, I'm oh, talking yeah. to Hold on, hold on. Before we do that, we have to talk we have to talk briefly about Smackers. Because Smackers! Okay, and speaking of which, whenever Alistair showed up saying he didn't like Smackers, which I can't remember his real name now because that's forever ago, I'm just sitting here thinking, what the fuck? Because he he was not a very bright person, Will Minotaur. He was always picked on, so he's always isolated himself. When he came of age, he became a hermit to get away from society, to get away from his bullies and all that stuff. He spent a lot of time on his own, so the nickname Smackers comes from him just chewing with his mouth open, smacking, because he didn't have to care about what other people said, thought if he was smacking, because he was the only one there. Yeah, 
the person behind Alistair wasn't very smart himself. <laughs> he was an uh, embodiment of uh, smackers in real life. <laughs> Except he's actually very sociable. Yeah. Still not smart, though. Ooh, we talking about Marlos. Yeah, yeah, I'm talking about him. <laughs> but no, uh, yeah, talk a little bit about Smackers, man. The Smackers, uh, everybody heard Brett bring when Smackers died. That's why he disappeared for a session. Um, that's about all the thought I put into him because, like, a bit script, I had the general idea of what I was doing. Then as time progressed, I put more thought into it. Something that nobody really knows about me. I'm a role play. I do role playing on a forum. So the whole idea of getting into character and just role playing them is pretty much second nature to me. So when I wrote Abyss Script's um, backstory, it came from my hobby of writing. Yeah, and Smackers was kind of just like, fly. On yeah. The fly, there you go. Well, I gave him a basic story, just something to get off from, so I could get an idea of what we're doing, how I could expand upon it, but he didn't live long enough. Once you planned this, didn't you? <laughs> uh, no. It was just... And then, like, whenever I was dealing with having to dumb down the way I talked, it, it was painful. Like he, I he totally planned it. <laughs> no, like, I'm like, oh, shoot. I had a seven, and I could have put it in charisma, I guess, but I didn't want him to be an ugly minotaur. He's already got looks not very good for him. Like, I don't want him to be like, he's ugly as is because he's a minotaur. He's even uglier for minotaur standards. That's just... Kicking a character while it's down. <laughs> you mean kicking a character while he's dead? <laughs> no, I'm doing that now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so now, okay, so notable moments about about a Biscrip. We're going back to when you first re-rolled your character, Biscrip came in, and he was in the bar. And that's when you know, Naraya spots him. Yeah, like, I spoke to Lucas. I was like, this is how I want to bring in my character. I was like, just have them get to the tavern somehow and like have them do a perception for sound and just hear somebody's sword arm hungers. That's obviously going to draw somebody's attention. Yeah. See, here's the thing that I actually just now thought of. If you care, if your character really did have a demon and angel in him, your soul wouldn't be blue. Your soul wouldn't be the normal color of a normal human, uh, uh, normal being. And that's something I just now thought of. Did you look at a soul? Obviously, I've had to go up and talk to him. Oh, yeah. See, I, I missed that session, so... Oh, yeah, he wasn't there for that one. Um, but, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, that's something that I I really actually should have caught on to. Like, I, I, if you had an angel and demon inside you, obviously, I would have seen, you know, more than just your, you know, re your regular soul. I would probably saw a black soul belonging to, or I can't remember what color demons are, fiends are. Purple. Purple. Yeah, I would have seen something. I would have seen a purple haze to it, and also maybe something a little more silvery white. And I'm just like, that actually should have been. Oh wow, I just thought about that. I'm sorry. I, I go ahead. <laughs> no, actually, that would be an interesting conversation. Like, Naraya would have heard him talking about that. Probably question him about it at one point, or would she just be like, whatever? At this point, she'd probably just chalk it up to insanity as well. <laughs> yeah, this guy's been pretty off the wall. Since literally the first moment she said anything to him. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, when I talked to Lucas about setting up like that, where he made you go up there, think you were probably thinking, oh, this is just some kind of NPC or something. 
So there wouldn't be that whole PC goggles. You just kind of like how Alistair came in and was like, oh, hey, you guys. Yeah. And, gosh, I'm, 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 I'm kind of kicking myself for not thinking about that sooner because then I probably could have, like, I could have probably brought that to your character's attention. Your character did not. We, like, not in, like intentionally kind of starting giving us bad blood to our characters, but that would have been, like, some sort of, like, conflict conflict that we could have you know resolved later but at this point would uh <clears throat> would a script really listen to too much Narayan says didn't Narayan shoot him on accident the, all he knows is there was an arrow in his back and I mean it wasn't even a regular arrow it was a soul arrow so there ain't no denying it um he would have probably just wrote it off as she's the crazy one <clears throat> like she's full yeah. of it she can't see my soul or th- he would have just try to explain like oh well they're deep within inside of me they're he would have tried to either call her crazy or make just go with something i mean probably would have called her crazy like uh-huh yeah uh-huh and i shoot allies with arrows no no that's what he would say now Naraya gets enough from the damn eye jokes can we please drop the accidentally shooting a player <laughs> well if she had two eyes she probably wouldn't have shot him you, have to you see, you see what i have to deal with people like, this is the kind of shit my character gets. And she's not technically not really in the game anymore. She's, she's technically, at this point, become an NPC. So, before we wrap things up, I gotta ask, again, my standard, no procedure, what's your favorite moment so far, and what are you looking forward to? I, I would have to say my favorite moment was before your time as DM, but the whole butter toast thing. That whole... That or the fair, it's like... Abyss Grip was kind of insulted that he was confused with Dag, especially after finding out it was a gnome. Or, yeah, he was a gnome. How do you confuse a gnome and a half? <coughs> and just the whole, whenever he ordered it in the pie guy, and the next morning when he ordered biscuits and gravy, he was like, got any ferret? Like, he wanted it instead of normal pork sausage, just ferret sausage. Yeah, this group is just completely off the wall, people. Well, <laughs> if they did serve ferrets, then this guy might have a supplier, and then, like, forget about Chris. Something's going on with these ferrets. Um, and what I'm looking forward to, that's actually a difficult one, because given the direction the character's going, he has no real main goal other than finding this demon and killing it. So just interacting, like, having to do research... Like, whenever he went to the player about Speak with the Dead, as a player, I knew exactly what it was, who, what level, and all that stuff, so I had to play it off as as his time traveling. He's heard of things of such, so he couldn't explain it. I just really look forward to more character interaction with NPCs, because that's always going to be different. Birthbringer is always going to be Birthbringer. Then Kai and Aki, it's going to be a constant interaction with them, so it's not going to change. NPCs always different. Like if he Abyss Group, you know, gains his true personality, his real personality, and back, do you think he'd be willing to start up another family or anything like that? Is that like something like that? Um, that part I didn't actually think about because he's fairly young. He's in his what thirties, something like that. Like he believes he's been. A, traveling for 15 years which it's only been truthfully a couple years he met up with somebody who trained him as a blood hunter and he devotes himself to tracking down fiends after he kills off 
the one he's searching for, if he could ever find it. I don't, he's damaged good, so it'd be hard for him to find somebody that would accept that much. But I think it would probably be, he's going to stick it alone. Because right. he wouldn't want to lose them or do something where they drive him away, so. Yeah, now that I think about it, I guess mercenary would work would be hard on the family type because you'd be gone for who knows how long, at, at, like every other week. Well, even then, he could always retire, but at the same time, it's hard to get back into something after losing everything so traumatically, I guess. Well, yes, I understand that. I mean, that's also, I mean, that's also a healing process thing. Um, how you heal is you get back in the game, technically. But, I mean, that's just, no, that's just some opinions, no. Whether, I mean, I, I can't say opinions, because, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure there are actual people who have how, had a, trauma, a traumatic event, and then they start doing that thing again, and they recovered from their trauma. People heal di differently. Yeah, people heal differently, so. Like, I mean, if, if it's possible, it's possible. If not, oh well. Yeah, he's got friends, just kind of like family at this point, so I guess that's his family of sorts, air quotes. Which was kind of something I was trying to pull out of Birthbringer Kai and Shaw last session. What? <laughs> Losing the boss? Oh. You guys been working with this, like, you guys been working with him for five years. Wouldn't you, like, no, like, like if, if someone you've, you know, been working with for five years, even if you don't particularly like them, the fact that they were, that you were, that you were, uh, the fact that you were working with them for five years and you found out they were murdered trying to do something good, wouldn't you be a little tit pissed about that? Well, as far as Birthbringer goes, they took cream, so why would he care about the boss? <laughs> as far as far as Birthbringer goes, um, like I said, you know, during my spotlight, Might makes right. And if you aren't strong enough, I mean, Birthbringer even believes that himself. If he dies in combat, then he obviously wasn't strong enough, um, and that's his own fault. So when but a boss about, dies, but what about your friends though? I mean, then they weren't strong enough. I mean, this guy's supposed to be the leader. He was he was the leader of our mercenary group. He was our boss. He should have been stronger than us. So ultimately, he was too weak. Yeah, but he was replaced by somebody that will shoot their own teammates. Shut up. <laughs> and on that note, folks, I think that's the end. Uh, we'll wrap things up here, man. Make sure to check us out on uh, where are we on, guys? Spotify, Anchor. Unfortunately, we're actually not on Spotify for some reason. They won't upload there. Mm, okay, well, so scratch Spotify, but we are on iHeartRadio. Then there's Anchor that uploads to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, and something else. Breaker. Breaker. Well, just along if you if you look on the if you look on the actual Anchor site, it'll it'll tell you where we are where where you can find us at. We're also on social media. Check us out on Facebook and Twitter. Yes, but be sure to you know leave comments on our pages. Ask us questions. We'll probably like you know like we'll. Work in, uh, like, a nice Q&A section for us. Then you could always just check out the Anchor. Give us a voice message if you feel like it. You could DM us on Twitter, send us a private message, um, hit us up on Messenger on Facebook. We'll respond somehow. Shoot, if you send us a voice message, we might even play it during one of our podcasts, you know, and answer your question live. That'd be nice. It's going to be a lot of editing, but yeah, that'd be nice. I say a lot of editing. It's not going to be, shouldn't be that bad. Anyway, thank you for listening, folks. This is Reaper. This is Nian. And Bone Crusher, the Straw Bar, Earthquake, the Juggernaut. And we'll catch you later on another episode of Murphy's Roll.